Hello, my name is Declan Deneen. Welcome to Checkpoints. This is a show about video games, the people who play them and the people who make them. Each episode of guests on the show talks about the games that have shaped their life in one way or another. Games that have inspired them, games that have forged connections, and games that have soothed wounds. Today on the show, I'm very excited to welcome the studio director of Media Molecule, Siobhan Reddy. Uh, this is a, a brilliant chat. We talk a lot about kind of the the sort of setup of Media Molecule and the original creation of, of Little Big Planet, and also just trace, you know, uh, Siobhan's influences, the the games uh, that shaped her life, as the as the show and the intro suggests. Um, it was a really good chat. I was really thrilled to to speak to Siobhan. And this is one of those ones where you know, obviously she's a studio studio director for a, a really big company. This takes a while to to organize. Um, but, you know, we kept at it and we finally managed to sort it out. And I think the the wait was worth it. I mean, from your side, whatever, here's the show. From my side, this is this was a long a long time in setting up, believe me. But it, it, it was totally worth it. And I was really happy that she was able to take some time out to chat. It was a, a really good episode. I think you're going to, I think you're definitely going to enjoy it. Um, actually, I, I wanted to mention this, right? Last week on the show, I, I mentioned in, in this section, in this introduction section, uh, I made a, a slightly kind of cutesy plea, right? And this is entirely because, you know, if I just say, oh, please, you know, rate and review the show on iTunes, tell a friend and all that stuff, you know, you, you kind of, you, you it's, it's very easy to kind of uh, dismiss that and kind of zone out and, and not really hear what the person is saying. So I thought I'll try and jazz it up a little bit and i said uh, if you share the show or if you rate and review on itunes you will unlock an achievement in my heart um which you know it's a little bit cutesy and i did kind of laugh at it afterwards but whatever you know it's just a way to kind of make it not sound like i'm just reading some corporate message because i'm not i'm asking you as fans of the show to to help support the show and and you know find new people to enjoy um anyway a friend of mine messaged me about this message uh, and said he almost uh, turned inside out with that with that comment and i said how do you mean were you were you moved by it and he said yeah i was moved uh, like the baboon in the teleporter from david cronenberg's the fly uh, the only i i mean i don't really have a good response to that yeah it was a bit cringy but you know is it wrong to to try a new way of engaging with with my audience of figuring out a way to kind of stop people from zoning out when I'm asking them to help support the show. I, I think that's totally worthy. Uh, even if it is a bit too cutesy and a bit too cringy, well, you know, at least I don't say doggo or papa. Jesus, wept. I cannot stand that language. <laughs> that does. I know how much of a grumpy bastard that makes me sound, but honest to God, it's a dog. Just call it a dog. Um... That's <laughs> a, a real of all the problems in the world today. People saying doggo and papa uh, are, are, are top of my list, and I think we should all prioritize accordingly. Um, okay, so enough of the sort of the preamble and ramble. But genuinely, the, the whole point of that is to to say, look, please do you know rate and review the show on iTunes and tell a friend and share it on social media. All of that stuff is genuinely useful and helps build the audience for the show. 
Um, and you know, it's just me doing it on, on my own in my living room. So any help I can get from people who enjoy the show, it's very much appreciated. And you know, uh, you will unlock an achievement in my heart. <laughs> Screw you, Dan. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email it's checkpointspodcast at gmail.com or it's at checkpoints show on Twitter or it's checkpoints podcast on Facebook. It's very important to have consistent branding. Uh, if you have the, the money and the inclination, there is a Patreon too, which is patreon.com forward slash checkpoints. Um, any donations, very gratefully received and go back into making the show as good as it possibly can be. Um, I was just, it's, it's Sunday today, so it's the day before this episode goes out live. Uh, and I was at Games Off for Everyone in Edinburgh on Friday, and it was, oh, it was terrific, as it, as it always is. Huge congratulations to uh, Andrew and Craig. I think it was uh, a resounding success, everybody I, I saw, and all the, the games featured. It's just, it's such a brilliant event. And if you're able to, to go to one of the, the Games Off for Everyone events, you, you absolutely should. Uh, and I definitely think they should do one in Glasgow soon. Um, just putting out there, just just mentioning it. Uh, okay, um, is that everything? Yeah, that's pretty much everything. Uh, I will be back next week with a, a new episode and a new guest. But until then, have a great week. Thanks for downloading. Please subscribe. Let's get on with the show. gotta go um well thanks so much for for coming on Siobhan. i'll do uh let's do a formal introduction for the for the purpose of, of an edit so uh Siobhan, welcome to the show thanks so much for for coming on um if you if you don't mind would you introduce yourself sure uh thank you very much for having me uh so my name is Siobhan reddy and i am the studio director at media molecule and how how is that working out for you what are you working on currently unless it's a secret but <laughs> no we're currently working on our project dreams um which is sort of our next sort of foray into user generated content um so it's sort of our kind of spiritual successor to little big planet um but actually is is really cool because it sort of brings together like little big planet and tear away and the whole team and all of our experience into sort of one uh, one sort of one big project together so it's cool really good we're in the sort of stage now where we know what it is and we're just sort of um all working together to manifest it and it's really good times having such a good year so far oh that's so exciting i just discovered yeah, actually about an hour ago that um uh, tearaway is on ps plus this month which is exciting because i've not played yeah. that yet so um, oh, actually well, i played it very briefly on a psp and i was yeah, very uh, i was delighted like by all the touching and yeah. poking your fingers through but i've never played it all the way through so i'm quite looking forward to that yeah well the the uh unfolded um is so that's for playstation 4 so we did a very similar thing we did um that we did for the vita and like we i think one of the things that's that everybody in the molecule has in common is we really love sort of playing with sort of new technology and um and luckily you know within sony we sort of get the privilege of being able to play with hardware a lot and so with the vita we did this really cool sort of game jam on what are all the different ways you can use the the vita sort of all of the outputs basically like the yeah. touchpad and the camera and blah, blah blah and it was really great um i'll never forget like right at the beginning rex sort of saying i want to make this game where you can stick your fingers into the game world and we were like 
what? That's so crazy. Anyway, it was really good. Um, and then with the Unfolded, we did the same thing where we did a jam using the DualShock 4. Okay. You kind of realize when you do that how like how much it can do and how powerful it is. And I wish more games teams would sort of do more with the DualShock and actually kind of have fun with it because uh, there's just, yeah, it's got so many, you know, using the touchpad, using the gyros. It's, yeah, it's awesome. Even just the internal speaker, like it's, yeah, it's I'm exactly. amazed at how few people use it. And like, every now and then someone will use it. Oh, yeah, this is, this is great. It seems yeah. to be like the first wave of games, everybody used it and then it kind of stopped for a while. Yeah, I think people get a bit, yeah, we all, I mean, you know, making a game is always like got its challenges and we always so, I think, um, get really close to like the the nitty gritty decisions that need to be made that it can be easy to sort of forget, oh, I can do this new thing with the controller. But um, I think that's why it's, uh, I love the idea of like, get when as soon as you get a new controller, just doing a bit of a jam with it, because it helps you learn about it. Yeah. We sort of all learn as we design rather than sort of, you know, it's 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 hard to kind of engage with it unless you actually actively open up to the possibilities. And is it like, I, I can't remember the last time I, I saw something um, about, about Dreams, but it was, it was a lot of it was kind of like sculpting with, with move controllers. I'm curious because you were saying you're always using new technology like have you is it incorporated in vr like are you allowed to talk about that or not yeah um i don't know i don't know what our official line is but i know uh but we're very excited about it like vr and dreams vr and dreams are basically like cake and icing it just they just work really well together so um yeah that's like you know being able to open up ugc user-generated content for VR within something as powerful as dreams is just going to be so fascinating to just give people a way to create their own projects, games, movies, music, music videos, whatever, like the, you know, dreams are so all encompassing in that way that it's, um, can't wait. That's going to be awesome. I thought it was really encouraging that was it a few days ago, the, the, the numbers for PSVR came out and it was like way higher than anyone was expecting. (laughs) Like it seems to be doing really well, which is is great. It is great because it's, um, you know, um, I'm really happy for Shu. Um, he's been such an advocate of the of the of uh, VR, and um, I'm I'm really happy. It's also you know, I'm really obviously happy for PlayStation. Really happy for us. It means we get to use it. Yeah. But but like I don't know if you've had have you played with a PSVR? I have, but only very briefly. Um, actually, it was it was uh, with Rodri who who had introduced oh, yeah. us. Uh, but that, that's my only that's my only. Um, uh, experience of it so far which is very frustrating because i'm surrounded by friends who are constantly telling me how amazing it is and yeah. uh, um, resident evil in particular seems to have been a, a smash yeah. hit yeah, like I they, can't they can't believe how good it is you know yeah i feel like it's one of those things you kind of know a game changer when it's the thing that when people who come like people who come over to our place i'm now and especially like and you know with people who don't play games that often, it's really interesting to sort of have this thing where I'm now like, this game thing, this VR thing, what, do you want to give it a go? And so many people are just like, yeah, I desperately want to give it a go. That I think it's one of those areas that sort of breaks down the sort of gamer, non-gamer divide a bit because it's new for all of us. And I think non-gamers are almost like, well, people who don't play games all the time, are almost way less cynical about it than and games industry people but it's it's really so therefore it's really refreshing to watch because you watch people go through these sort of aha moments and uh and it's just so powerfully that um like i'm ta- i'm actually taking mine to australia with me to be able to um uh show my family because 
yeah because i just think it's like it's one of those things that that is just really new there's no and there's only one way to experience it so it's it's um yeah i think it's super cool continues well well since we're talking about you taking games home to your family let's go yeah. let's go all the way back Siobhan and yes. uh, if you can remember what was your your very first experience of a video game video games would be game and watch so going back probably to that game the fire game okay so did Where you have the fireman yeah yeah and you have to go you're basically putting out the fire um and I would have played that on. Um, you've got the two firemen, and you've got that basically that little trampoline thing. Oh yes, to, I know the one. Yeah, I know the one. that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, uh, I would have played that with my with my brother Martin and my little sister Mary Claire, and we would have played that together. And um, is that in? This is in Australia, right? In Australia, yeah. And Donkey Kong. So we had like handhelds. Uh, long journeys, lots of long drives in Australia. So we had those, but that would definitely be my earliest. My uh, like, the, yeah, it's the earliest memory I have of actually playing a video game would be um, there. And then like arcades, and it's kind of blurry, like exactly which games I was playing. But we used to go to the arcades and play um, different arcade machines and pinball. But the one that I I remember kind of fighting, like we fought a lot over it. That's probably why it's so <laughs> so like ingrained in my brain because we sort of all desperately wanted to have a go. And there was obviously we didn't have like multiple of them. We only had one. Yeah, it's always tricky. It's always yeah. tricky with the young family. But you know, it's cooperative play, like. You know, now it's like it's like in car co-op, um, not maybe not co-op, but it was like definitely a lot of competition. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, the best thing. It, it, yeah. it, weirdly, this this has come up. Uh, not weirdly, it's it's quite a common thing. Everyone played the game and watch at some point if you're of a certain age. But yeah, for me, game and watch was it was a ubiquitous thing in my school. But I don't remember ever anyone ever owning one. It was just a thing that kind of was in the playground that everyone would pass around, and it'd be high score battles, but. I couldn't tell you who it belonged to. It just seemed to be a, a thing that we all competed over, and it was brilliant. Yeah, I'm sure it was some poor kids who was like desperately wanted it back. <laughs> He's like, still, <laughs> yeah. I don't think we were allowed to have them at school. I think they were like, oh, we probably weren't though. But it yeah. was a rough and ready school. Yeah. So, yeah. Were, were you particularly drawn to them, or was it just like a, a, a thing, a toy for for the kids kind of thing? Um, I think. I mean, I was a really, like, I've always loved reading. Um, we used to play a lot of board games as kids. Um, I'm one of five, so it was probably one of the ways for us to, to all be under control. Um, yeah. And my mum was was really into board games, so she, we would just, we would always sort of do that. And I was, like, super into, like, dress up and playing, like, with Lego and building and make-believe and all that kind of stuff. So um, I... I wasn't particularly drawn to games uh, above everything else. They were they were almost like a, a a part of my childhood and one of the things that I did, but not like my favorite thing yeah. that I did. What sort uh, of uh, what sort of board games did you play? You say your mum's a fan, or is it just like the staples of things yeah, like kind Monopoly of the and Cluedo? And... They like you know Scrabble, lots of lots of like Scrabble and chess and Monopoly and Trivial Pursuit and all those sorts of games um uh, cluedo and um uh dominoes and cards um did you have like house rules do you have any particular yeah, interest in house rules probably yeah i mean it's going back a long way now but <laughs> but yeah that was like i think the main 
activity that we would do as a family if we weren't like outside or watching a movie or something um, but like I'm talking this is sort of back before we all had like a VHS and things like that so we yeah. had to like really make up our own fun um, lots of Lego like lots of Lego and um, I really really regret that we didn't ever play Dungeons and Dragons actually I've only got into that later in life and uh, by getting into it I mean just learn about it but um, yeah. uh, I think my mum would have been really into that was and it I just something you weren't aware of or something that yeah, was like on last for nerds? No, no, no. I just didn't I don't it never passed never I never I never knew about it. So like I think I would have seen it on movies, but I didn't know like how to find it. Yeah. And then got, then I was really into the stuff that I was into. So I didn't know what I was missing. But no, I definitely it wasn't as if I'd looked down on it because I didn't even know know about it. I would have totally loved to have been oh, in man. We tried so <laughs> hard. Awesome. But we never we could never figure it out. Because there was there was Hero Quest, which was the yeah. the kind of the board game version of D and D. And we okay. all bought that when we were like 10 or 11 and we there was at least a month of like every weekend we'd get together and just we'd never get around to doing it we could never figure it out nobody took charge and then that was it and then it's only really recently again that i've been like oh man i wish i'd played that when i was a kid yeah it's amazing yeah well because you realize i think what i've realized is how much of an impact it's had on people it's sort of one of those things where when i hear people talk about what they learned making it um sorry playing it and making it you just learn like oh you do, i've realized that it's actually just like a really brilliant um uh exercise in learning games design and like that sounds so obvious to anyone who plays it but as someone who did wasn't or didn't i'm like oh my god that's awesome so um i've actually just started a group with some of my girlfriends and we've had one session where we chose our characters are you and, dming or is there someone else no 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 no, no. we have um our friend Richard, otherwise known as Kitty Powers, uh-huh. as our as, as our as our DM, and uh, that's very exciting. So um, yeah, it's good. So when when did the video games kind of come into the home? Like, did you have did you have a, a console first, or some sort of computer? Yeah, or yeah, we had like a Commodore sixty four, um, and then a we then got a we had like a, a PC, and then we had. Um, a Mega Drive, and we didn't have a Nintendo. Um, and then, and I'm sure there were others, but to be honest, like I was, I, I feel really almost like stupid because it's, you know, obviously working games, it's kind of nuts that like, I, like I, I'm sometimes really self-conscious of the fact that it wasn't like my primary for hobby as yeah, a kid yeah. but, but it was, like, was that just like a, for the family then you know like yeah, you'd get a console family, get a, and they were there yeah. and i would play them with my brother and my sister and we had tons and tons of fun doing it but it was one of the things that i did and yeah. um i was really into like really really into reading and really into the theater like theater and really into like all sort of lots of things which kind of meant that it was always part of the fabric of my interests yeah but um and um I, I what i loved about it was like when i look back it's just that it just kept progressing you know like this was the thing about games which is so brilliant is like the you know if i think back to like game and watch to now that's like such a m- massive magnificent um like you know a, a sort of transformation and um a, a, as an industry and so yeah, I think when I was probably around sort of 17 and I was getting into, uh, like, you know, the web and I sort of started to kind of be more aware of, like, 
kind of what was going on in, within the games world and thinking it sounded really interesting. But it wasn't really until PlayStation that I like actually sort of was like, oh, right, okay, there are games that I would just, that I'd like to play on my own rather than as a sort of cooperative thing with my yeah. siblings. Um, was there a specific one that kind of stands out to you? Yeah, Resident Evil. Like that's like the point where I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" Because it's it was sort of the the first time um, I was actually kind of scared, um, and it, where it like it actually it was like I remember there was a game that we played. I think called like Demon Souls or Dark Seed or something, which was the Geiger H I Geiger game. Okay. Um, did you ever play that? I don't think so. I, I, I feel like Dark Seed sounds right. It's something like that. Yeah, Dark Seed, that's it. And we played that. I remember playing that with my brother. That was one of the ones that really stood out. And it was really, really creepy. That actually, to be honest, probably is the first. And I really like horror. And I really liked kind of the sort of uh, trippy visuals of it. And it was quite spooky. And um yeah so that was probably the, actually probably the first one and then but the one that then sort of really piqued my interest was um resident evil on the ps playstation and that basically made me feel like oh my god like this is what i should be doing because around that time i was thinking of more like um film and uh when i had sort of worked really hard to get into film school and it was kind of what i wanted to do and then I was kind of really attracted to what was going on in the web and I was sort of really, I was just sort of attracted to lots of different things. And when I, when I, uh, saw Res Evil, I was like, Oh my God, that's actually, that's the future. That's kind of, that's what I want to do. It brings all of these things together. It's like theater and music and Absolutely. Film, interactivity and all of these things. So it was sort of, um, um, that, that's kind of what brought me really to want to. It's, it's weird. Like thinking about that, like I feel super lucky in a, in, like genuinely super lucky because like that period kind of like from the, the birth of the web like the, the sort of 10 or 15 years after that it was such an explosion of you know new potential yeah. like here's a yeah. bunch of a million new jobs that no one had ever thought of before <laughs> which like i don't no. i don't think that we've had that you know certainly since like say 2000 or something there's not been that same kind of shift necessarily like oh suddenly here's a whole new world to explore i feel well, really lucky to have kind of like bridge that gap in a way oh my god me too like i've i feel so lucky to, yeah me too because i look at it now and think oh my god i'd never get a job like <laughs> it's so it's so competitive now to get a job and like thinking back like you know back then there was it was it was still um uh like i started working in games industry in 99 and it was still relatively like the industry i mean it was pretty big but it was still pretty small yeah and it really and, rewarded uh, the, the curious mind you know because yeah it, it, you would had to seek these out they were still being kind of formed in, in a way yeah but yeah it is it's really amazing like i was just it's just incredible to look at what happened between 1995 and then like 2005 even yeah. yeah it's nuts so when when you were like uh, in school sort of i guess maybe pre and, and post resident evil will will frame it like that like did you have uh, outside of like the family was there a group of people that you would play games with would you talk about games in school in, in that sort no, of way no not at all I, like I had left school for when I played Resident Evil um uh I no like th there would be probably maybe a bit more arcades because that would be what we would do um but i was at that point i was making some my in, in primary school we would have played um 
uh, we, there probably would have been some chat, but um, when I was in high school, I was really into music and bands, and I used to make this little sort of punk rock fanzine, and uh, made was making movies, and um, and yeah, there wasn't as much. There wasn't really. Yeah, I didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't sort of enough of part of my life for it to be one where I, where I, where I would have had like a f- group of friends who we bonded over playing yeah. games. Yeah. What sort of? Did you, do you remember any of the the movies that you made? Could you could you give me a logline of one of your your teenage <laughs> God, movies? Just like massively emo, you know, just super super emo, um, little movies. <laughs> you know, just you know, lots of like fire and. Um, confusion just really like teenage, <laughs> teenage lots of fire and confusion yeah that's and like amazing. one of them was like a sort of more feminist one called pout um that's oh, a good name I, though this installation and of uh yeah it was really cool and i mean you know they were very off like very i found my art diary my art class diary back when i was at home and it was funny to look at it and go wow like i actually you know you read yourself at 16 and 17 and such an interesting like such an interesting um time of life it's like because everything is so potent you know yeah, you feel everything so strongly and it's like wow and you have to you're sort of being forced through this thing where you have to make like a bunch of decisions and have a voice and um and you know i read it and go gosh yeah i should read that like every year and remember to just like have a take I think that I, I actually it was with uh, with another Australian woman, a woman that I know called Helen. She's a she's a writer. Uh, she's she's written a bunch of really good um, like crime novels. She released oh, cool. a book last year. Oh man, and my name I'm blanking on the name of it. Viral. That was what it was called. Viral. It was, called Viral. Okay, it was, it was it's brilliant. But she, I was talking to her once a couple of years ago, and she said very sort of similar thing that she she always goes back to like teenage diaries because she feels like when she was 17 that was when she was most honest yeah and she's kind of gone away from that but then to sort yeah. of rediscover that and be like no that that kind of super optimistic anything is possible kind of this is who i am yeah is really, is really quite vital and quite quite inspiring if you can it is if you can and hold actually, on to it you know and i think like it's like an an anger like the anger of anger like i will read these different things that i've written which are quite angry about like various things but they but they have this optimism of like i can change this or i feel this and therefore i can act upon it and like yeah i and actually we've talked about it at work a bit recently i think everybody has to sort of sometimes we have to find your inner 17 year old of just be like no i'm going to just do it this way because i believe believe in it because you're no different like you 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 have just as much uh opportunity to change things now as you would have when you were 17 it's just when you were 17 the world hadn't kind of knocked you down a little bit yet so you assume it's fine but it still is fine yeah exactly um so so with resident evil then was that like did did that genuinely make you think okay maybe i can work in games and and how did you sort of forge that path then it made me it made me care about them in a way that was relevant to me personally rather than like i say sort of something that i was that was more, much more of a social activity okay something on my own whereas with resident evil it sort of just made me think oh this is actually like i would recommend this to somebody as something that you know to someone who doesn't normally play games 
Um, and yeah, it was a, it was, yeah, it was this turning point in terms of seeing it and thinking, I think, cause up until then, like, you know, I don't, I think I'd been sort of collecting interests Yeah. and, and I would see something and I'd be like, Oh, that seems cool. Maybe I'll do a little bit of that. Or that seems great. Or maybe I'll try that. And so all throughout my, you know, um, life to that point, that's kind of what I'd been doing. And when I saw Res Evil, it was the point where I went, oh, okay, well, now games are more relevant to me and I find, I found my way in. And from there it was really like, I think it was, um, uh, I, I think Heart of Darkness was the next one of the next ones that I really got into. So did you did you actively start seeking them out? And yeah. if so, like, where did you go? Was that online and stuff, looking for them? Oh, uh, through people that I knew. So that then it was, um, uh, um, you know, I would ask people, and um, I'd just moved over. I'd moved. I moved to England not long, like in nineteen ninety eight, I think. Hey, come. So, uh, was that just? So, uh, you know, just that's just kind of what you did at that that time, and. Um, on your own yeah. though you just left and oh i had friends to... friends here just yeah just yeah like mad totally mad young naive yeah and so then a, a friend of mine actually around that time suggested that i think about um a career in games and because it, it obviously sort of piqued my interest and um i started to apply for um started to apply for work and so that you didn't, was... what about university did you just not think about that did you not i didn't go i didn't go to uni how how come that didn't form part of the the plan? I guess that that, that just that seems um, extraordinarily bold to just move <laughs> to another country. I think right, I'll just work. Well, no, well, actually, it was even more nuts than that. When I so I had when I had um, I had worked really super hard to get into film school yeah. in Melbourne, and that was basically my dream. And um, I when I finished school, I I really wanted to like moved to Sydney I had um I had grown up like in the sort of bush suburbs outside of the city and like my kind of dream had been sort of to move to Sydney and be able to go to like you know to be able to have my own sort of life and so um I actually was looking whilst like there's the period of when you finish school to when like university placements and all that kind of stuff start yeah I got a job I took a job at a company called Spike Wireless which was an internet like basically like an internet sort of web design company. But the guy that ran it was this really interesting man who um, had like a lot of vision for the web. So this is sort of mid sort of mid mid 1996. So he had, you know, things like, web tra- internet travel and all that kind of stuff hadn't really become part of the mainstream yet yeah. and he was really sort of wanting to do all of this and I just thought it was so interesting that when my when it came to the point where I had to decide on whether or not to go to film school or not I decided not to and I decided to like come back to I was basically like I'll come back to it at some point and I think I had sort of felt like maybe I need to like my justification at that time was I probably should travel more and like see the world and like do more and learn more and then make movies okay. rather than like, rather than go straight from school to there and, um, and, and do it. And so I did that for a while and then, th- then I came here. Um, but yeah, that was like, probably that choice was like the first big sort of big crossroads choice for me was deciding not to go to film school and to um and like you know it's the you know how you have these decisions in your life where you're like i wonder really what would have happened like yeah. how different 
And with most decisions, you're like, it probably wouldn't have ended up that different. And that's probably like the one where I'm like, I would have had probably a completely different life. Absolutely. Maybe I'd still be making games because I actually think that I would have had, there's a couple of things that still would have happened. I would have probably still sort of, you know, had some of these epiphanies and seen them and been like, I want to be doing that because it's, I would have still been the same person. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, you know, maybe it wouldn't have, maybe it would have just ended up exactly so I, the same. I, I'm curious, like, did you bring, did you have like a PlayStation in a bag that you brought across no, like, the world with you? Played you played them yeah. all here, yeah? Yeah, oh, so th- yeah. this is like a, a proper, you know, you come to a new country and you have this new revelation. Like, oh, maybe this is something yeah. I could do. But did you yeah. have any, like, <laughs> it's so bold. I'm, I'm so impressed. Because, oh, God, don't be, it was crazy. <laughs> well, even still, yeah, it it's, it, really it's clearly years. worked out for you, so it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, it's, it's sort of part of the fabric of my life. And I am really grateful for, like, you know, for um uh, well you know i'm really sort of yeah everything's like every everything has has um everything has worked out but so i'm just thinking like certainly for, for me and for a lot of people um that i've spoken to like as much as you may have loved games when you were younger and been interested in games the the kind of the concept of i could just make those that you know that there's such a disconnect even still i mean there's much less now because of the internet but you know the how games are made is still like a big mystery to a lot of people so did you have any kind of uh, like programming experience or anything like that no, no. or were you just like no no i could no, just no. i could make a game well it wasn't more that i could make a game. i got a job in a company as a production assistant okay so i sort of came went in um which company that. was it perfect entertainment okay. in um, london yeah, so I didn't have programming. I think also, like, you've got to remember, I was really young. So, like, I was only 18. So I was, like, super, super young. Um, like, I was, you know, the young end of my class at school. So it was, like, I I don't think I just didn't really know any better. And actually, I think when you're young, you kind of have that boldness where it's, like, and I think, like, up until then, I had been doing things like, oh, I'd seen people make little fanzines. So I was like, I'm going to do that. I'd seen people, you know, I'd made, I'd, I'd seen people make movies. And I was like, I'm going to try that. And I came very much from, like, a family and a sort of situation where it was always encouraged to try things and to do yeah. things. And so I... Um, I look back and, you know, feel like, you know, that's that's all the that's all because I was kind of I was sort of brought up to believe if you put your mind to something, you can probably achieve it. And um, when I first encountered like were perfect and I met um, people who made games, I was like, oh, my God, this is like the most exciting thing. And all the different types of people, you know, like having, you know, programmers who specialize in different areas and artists who specialize in different areas and animators and producers and audio, you know, musicians and um, sound designers. It was just like I was I was so blown away by how incredibly diverse and like rich and interesting a games team was. Yeah. Um, and was it at all like daunting or was it you still filled with this boldness and you're like no that's cool i could do this oh yeah totally like i didn't know anything so it was like (laughs) you know i i was confident because i felt like i could probably help and the job that i was doing i felt like and i was working for um a lady lucy black who is still one of my best friends and she she hired me and like i loved working with her and we you know, it was 
just a really yeah so it was really overwhelming and daunting and I didn't know what I was doing but it was just so fascinating and um and what were you working on um so they were making uh Discworld Noir at the time oh cool yeah so that was what everyone was doing so of course that's also really beautiful and it's yeah um you know it's Discworld so it's like cool and um Terry Pratchett so it's like yeah so that was like that was my first first experience and then when that studio um but yeah it's kind of like as I tell the story I'm like yeah it was all kind of a kind of crazy time but it was um yeah really 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 interesting and you know I loved like the point click oh because of course like I had actually played like other point and click games so okay you know obviously um and they're probably the closest sort of in terms of you know experience with filmmaking and, and theater and stuff especially like they're yeah they're the closest yeah. approximation to a video game version of that yeah exactly and so were you like diving into games like not just working in the the studio but like that was a really good time for games in general because it was like especially in the uk with the way the playstation was marketed and stuff it was a really exciting period so were you kind of seeking out as many games as you could yeah i i I was but um also you've got to remember and actually i didn't even totally mention earlier like um monkey island like we played that loads when we were kids um and um yeah i was but actually also i think there's been a bit of a i'm i like i don't spend all of my spare time playing games and i have definitely tried to find games that i'm into but i think when you're making a game i love the act of making games and i get very 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 um kind of drawn into that so my um period at at perfect wasn't very long and um i then went down to criterion where we were working on what we were working on first the end of trick style and then airblade and um uh then we were working on a skate or die version for a little while and then burnout and during those phases i sort of found that i was playing games that were in some way like you know where i was le- i was kind of learning more about what was going on and what different types of games people were playing and making um yeah. But I did not have any money, <laughs> so <laughs> so I I didn't really have like the yeah yeah I basically didn't really have any money. So I was, and I was renting and blah blah blah. But yeah, so it took me a little while to get sort of completely or fully set up with kit. And... But you got to play around with builds yeah. of uh, of like trick style. Trick style was brilliant. I yeah. love trick style. Yeah, so yeah, I came in right at the end of that. So I was just, I was helping, I helped out on the localization. I'm still hoping for a, a resurgence <laughs> of that kind of. There was a period where there was like extreme sports games, like every year, loads of them. Yeah. And, they were, and I have such a fondness. Like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater is probably one of my favorite oh my video God, game yeah. series ever. And there's just, there's been nothing like it for so long. Like Skate is the closest, but that's too real. I want yeah. crazy, wacky pinball skateboarding. Um, <laughs> they're the best yeah so, so so how i don't know like it's tricky so so was it kind of set in your head that that was what you were going to do like not just working games but did you start having like ideas for games that you wanted to make or was it still kind of just a job to you like i, I don't know how how serious you were thinking about it at that time i think so which time were we talking about like back like in- when you were in, in yeah in criterion yeah i that was the point where i was figuring it out 
so I was um, I loved like um, the process and to, to be honest like from my perfect days I was pretty bought into the fact that I actually really wanted to make games and I was kind of not really sure what options would be available to me of what types of games but what I really wanted to do was learn Okay. So in many ways, I look at like my criterion days as like university to a certain degree, where I was really learning the craft of making games and working with a team and what everybody does, and um, and so that was that's kind of how I was approaching it. And I loved, like, I really enjoyed working on Airblade. I really enjoyed working on the skateboarding game we were making for a while, and I really really enjoyed working on Burnout. And so like you'd get before you'd even have a, a chance to sort of think about like, should I be doing this or not? Or is this my total interest? You'd just be making it. It was like consuming, yeah. like completely consuming and really just interesting problems to solve. And I just loved like that we would have a conversation about something and then it would appear like in the game and it would just, you know, that sort of the act of like, what's amazing about games is that anything is possible any type of world is possible any type of character is possible anything is possible and all it really is is like that it's it sort of shows the power of like manifesting an idea yeah that was just so brilliant and so like yeah so i was really really drawn into that i'm curious though with that 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 sort of period though um because your first experience was working in, in you know a relatively sort of big-ish team and bigger teams as time has gone on like yeah because of the when you're younger you're talking about you know doing zines and making movies and stuff yeah. very much a sort of diy culture yeah. like were you did you seek out or like enjoy the kind of the the, the burgeoning indie scene like we're on, uh, on the internet i'm thinking especially like early flash games and things that were very much like manifestations of this kind of diy aesthetic that one um. one person can make a game I no, I didn't actually. Um, but in Guildford, where I've been based all that time forever, um, since Perfect, um, were like there were lots of games teams here. So like at that point, there was like um, Mucky Foot and Lost Toys and uh, Lionhead and um, Big Blue. Uh, no, no, they weren't then. But um. um so you're um, just surrounded by people making yeah, games there was like anyway. Tons, so tons of people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like everyone I knew made games and everyone, every team was completely different. Like what they were making at Mucky was really different from what was happening at Lionhead, to from what was happening at Lost Toys, to what was happening at Criterion. And so it was just like it didn't ever feel like I felt like I was just meeting all these really interesting people who were all doing interesting stuff. And the Criterion team wasn't that big at that point. Like, it was pretty small back at that time. It sort of grew as time went on. But at that time, and also, like, Burnout 3 was the point when Criterion kind of really, like, had its sort of moment within the games world. Um, Like, it was sort of the breakthrough hit for the studio. So before then, we were just sort of trying to make lots of stuff. And so it didn't feel to me that we were not indie in a way like Uh Criterion was an independent company it was a software company it was owned by Canon but it was we certainly felt like we were trying to make stuff up and that act of making stuff we're inventing things yeah was something that was sort of being shared by all the people around me and I think like I was um 
certainly like I was very interested in what other people were doing you know I would always love hearing what like they were up to at Lionhead because it was always really mad and I loved like going <laughs> you know what I mean it was, all of them were so different and I knew that what I was learning at Criterion was something different um and like when we worked on Burnout I feel of it of like working on like a perfect pop song it was just such brilliant experience and I you know, when my time came to finish at Criteria, when I was sort of had been there for seven years, I wanted like the thing I wanted to do was sort of go off and make kind of more arty things. Um, but my experience there was just amazing. Like I learned so much. So yeah, I never felt like we were that I was missing out on some other yeah. thing or that I should be going off and doing stuff on my own. I loved being part of a team and I loved my role within that. And uh, I really, you know, enjoy, I sort of felt like. I was part of a community of people all trying to come up with different ideas and all working on different platforms and, you know, and that's sort of just gone on. Like Guildford's such an interesting place from that perspective because it's like so many different people here making yeah, all, absolutely. all sorts of things. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, like, if there was, uh, like, both in amongst that and in amongst games you might have just been playing casually, was there a spe- a, any standout games that that you play that you're like oh my god this is like they were doing things that you didn't even you hadn't considered before and they completely sort of shifted your expectations and like because there's it's such a as you sort of said at the start there's been such a huge growth in in just the, the myriad of ways that games can be games you know yeah. is there any that sort of stick out for you as being like yeah. oh my god this well, changes I- everything yeah like i will never f- i think one of the experiences i had when starting to work on burnout was um, Alex, who was a creative director at Criterion. He said to me, um, you know, what do you know about driving games? And I was basically like, uh, nothing. Um, like I'd played some driving games in the arcade, but it wasn't like my favorite genre yeah. at that time. And he was like, right, let me give you like an education in games. And we played like lots of driving games t- together, excuse me. And that was really, really brilliant because I, like, it was one of those moments, you know, when you, like, a door is opened and you're like, Absolutely, oh, yeah. oh, look at all of those things behind that door. And it really showed me, like, how big this driving genre was and, like, all these different, like, what everybody was trying to do. And I think, you know, certainly the whole time I was making Burnout, I would try out, like, all the different driving games and we were sort of always looking at them but we were also always looking at like sports games and so when you mentioned like extreme sports like ssx was such a huge influence amazing such a brilliant game and like everyone loved that and for its like sense of speed and it's also it's just you you know the way it used sound and um and so yeah there were lots of little times where you where i think it's sometimes the small things that people do that are that are so remarkable like i think ssx was brilliant for its like interactive audio and it's sort of just how it brought a whole bunch of things together packaged things up in a in a in a in a fresh way and even though like some of those elements had been done before it was someone's choice to bring them together in exactly that way that made it really special it's interesting hearing you talk about that though um the, the way you, you you talk about games and the way um you you get passionate about them it, it's it's very you're very mechanics focused you, you you seem to talk a lot about like very sort of um under the hood things that that work and little mechanics that make you feel good and yeah i don't know based on like what you were telling me about uh your youth and stuff i'd imagine you'd been not i'd imagine you'd be more 
interested in story but it's, it's interesting that it's the mechanics that seem to get you really excited as opposed to building worlds and characters and stuff well they were always there but like you gotta remember we were making a driving game so it was, well yeah exactly yeah and so there was when you're making that when you're making burnout like when we were making some of the other ones i probably was a bit more interested in 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 it all but i'm kind of it's there's not one I, thing. I think because of your interest in film is basically yeah. what i'm thinking that yeah. you know and, and you see that a lot especially the past couple of years there's been a very much uh, a crossover between you know games as as interactive stories essentially you know there's, there's a huge number of, of those kind of games that have come out recently yeah. um, but you seem to be uh, and maybe that is just the product of the time because everything was much more mechanics focused yeah, then i mean i think it's like in the same reason i really like pinball or i really like game like i like games for how they're different from films and not because i want them to be like them and absolutely yeah you know so if i think if i was making a film i'd probably feel i'd probably talk about it in a different way but it would still be about how it makes people feel and what they're doing and the devices that we use bloody blah that i feel like yeah that's that's probably that's that's sort of why it is and you know once we they said you know if i was to talk about tearaway i would be talking about the two things like we really really used sort of the experience that the player was having and the mechanic the different mechanics really take the player through a story and a narrative because that that how we how that people felt was such a core part of that experience um and with burnout it really was like that feeling of you know it was sort of fast driving dangerous driving um and thrills and like the the other games that i I would have been playing at this time is horror games like that's my favorite genre i love horror games and so um i think you know whatever it is that i'm doing i kind of like to feel something and you know that's the that's it has has to be kind of visceral um so when you when you left criterion then like what what did did you have like a, a sort of notebook full of ideas and things that you wanted to try or were you just kind of looking for for the next gig or I think at that so at that point I had I actually was thinking of leaving the industry. Um, I was thinking of kind of scratching my theatre itch. I've always sort of had a bit of a theatre itch that I've never scratched. So I was thinking of scratching that. Um, but that's basically when Mark and Kareem and um, and Alex were starting to sort of talk about setting up uh, MM Media Molecule and. I loved those guys. Like they'd been friends of mine for a long time. And had you all worked together previously? No, 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 no. We never worked together. They'd been at Lionhead whilst I'd been at Criterion. So we just knew each other socially. Yeah. And, um, you know, they were my friends. So I was like, yeah, that sounds really cool. I arrived to that group more with a notebook of ideas of like how, like culture, like team culture and like sort of working together collaboratively and like, um, you know, I sort of, I'd shipped quite a lot of things at that point, a few things at that point. So I was sort of, I had that, I kind of knew how to finish a game. Yeah. And and I was kind of interested in applying that to a different group because I hadn't worked with different people. I had been sort of pretty much working with the same, with a very similar set of people at Criterion with whom like I really loved. And so it was really, it was kind of interesting for me to try it out with a different group. And, um, and that's, you know, it's, it's all worked out really well, which is great. And so, was Media Molecule, was that like, was Little Big Planet in mind for, okay, here's a company, this is a game that we're thinking about doing, or was it just, we're going to start a company and then we'll figure out the game later? It, it was, um, 
it basically started as a seed of the idea of like making something to do with like jamming, like maybe music jamming, uh, like collaborative jamming basically was the sort of very, the early seed from what I can remember. And, um, it, it actually, we had a eight month green light period with Sony and we made really, really good progress. We did, we sort of achieved a lot within that time. What does that mean? Uh, an eight month green light period? Like you've got so eight they, months to come up with an idea or. Yeah. Basically they funded, I think, you know, nine people, eight people for, um, like eight months. I think it was meant to at first be six months, but we ended up needing eight months. <laughs> um, and yeah, we would go in and have regular catch ups with them and present to them. But uh, that had all been set up um, via a guy called Pete Hawley, who was working at PlayStation at the time, and he was ba- he used to set up a meeting for uh, I think it was Alex and Mark and. Um, uh, Dave and Chris Lee to go meet Phil Harrison and I think it turned out to be like Pete's last day and he was like the last I just want to make sure before I go that you guys meet with Phil and tell him instead of have a chat about starting something up and Phil really liked them and liked the idea and so he was sort of the champion of um of Media Molecule and then we you know Dave had made a physics demo um, which is of a little character just, you know, um, moving through this very physical world. And that demo just is is basically the sort of the, the seed of Sackboy and sort of sort of all these ideas kind of um, – uh, that, that that was a really amazing anchor because as soon as you have like physics in that way, it made sense for us to have like craft materials so that everything yeah. would move in the right way. And when you have craft materials, that sort of force, forces lots of decisions to be made. And then we decided on like the sort of two and a half D and uh, to be honest, like, you know, and then having the little, sack, you know, sack boy running through. And it was when I, whenever we look back on that first sort of year, it's really impressive how much we got done. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna circle. We're gonna circle back around to that, but I'm gonna uh, take a, a a break to kind of ask you these. I always say they're quick fire questions. They're never really quick fire questions, but um, take as long as you'd like. Just a, a bunch of, of random questions. So yeah, uh, Siobhan, if you had to play a game with death for your own mortal soul, what game are you best at? Little Big Planet. <laughs> in in what aspect though? Because you know, do you mean as in maybe oh, a race or just in a platform. you can make the best level? Platforming? No, no, I can't make the best level. I can make. I can just. I'm just good at controlling that boy. Okay, okay. Um, if um, if you are prone to such things, uh, can you remember your worst rage quit? A hitman. Any particular one? The most recent one. Okay. Hey, how did this manifest itself? I just, I couldn't, I just found it really hard. I just, (laughs) (laughs) and I think I didn't know that it was meant to be really hard. So I think if I had known that it is actually a really hard game, then I would have entered into it with a different frame of mind. But I didn't, didn't. And you can just play it like a crazy person. You don't, it's hard if you want to do it properly, so to speak. Yeah. you, you, You can just go mad and... I know. I just I don't like failure that much. Okay, <laughs> but but was that like was that just uh, an idle frustration, or was there was there like things broken or things? Hit? Nothing broken, but but it's uh, but I was feeling rage. Okay. Yeah. Um, has there ever been a game that uh, for whatever reason you've had to 
uninstall and remove from your life because it was uh, beginning to take over no 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 no, no mmo binges no. or anything like that no still to happen still time there's still time i i always think that the the retirement games like that's what you do yeah when you're old. You, would, you get into would, an mmo yeah i'm really into the idea of getting completely um, completely into a game that much i just haven't i just haven't especially with vr like imagine yeah oh, i mean yeah i've never had to like uninstall it because things were getting touch and go so yeah um are you are you competitive have you ever been um locked in a in a mammoth high score battle with someone um i mean i would have done definitely with my siblings i think we can bring that out in each other yeah anything in particular to be honest anything everything <laughs> <laughs> probably any game we play together do they all still play video games are they excited that you you make video games yeah yeah, they are. Yeah, I um, it's yeah, really great. We can, you know, when I go home, I've got, we sort of swap games and talk about them, and you know, they all have PlayStations. So. Ah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's good. Um, and niece, given... my niece is now playing games, which is awesome. She's four. Oh, that's very exciting. So yeah, that's fun. Uh, g- given the 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 breadth of uh, emotions that video games uh, can potentially evoke, I I often found that one of the the rarest is is laughter. So, Siobhan, oh, yeah. what games have really made you laugh? Huh. Well, obviously, Monkey Island games. They were always really funny. Uh, um, I liked... Um, what did I play? Funny. Do you know what it is, really? It is really... It, we need more funny games. Yeah, no, it's tricky. It's tricky. Uh, it's, it's often... That's why I ask. But it's And it is always the same people always bring up the same kinds of games it's always the the lucasarts games and yeah they were really good kind of uh, funny like co-op and things like that like slapstick and little big planet to be fair can can uh, yeah, be definitely. hysterically funny yeah that we i mean and actually that's one of the things that we do like we like to laugh but that's that's one of the things that we all have in common at the molecule is a sense of humor um and even like when we're, you know, we're always do, like even recently we're having a meeting and one of the things Mark's really keen for us to do is to find ways to inject humour. Because it's like, it is important to laugh. And we don't Absolutely. laugh, but, you know, it's good. Uh, I can't think off the top of my head. Maybe something will come to me. Okay, okay. Um, so so how, how was, uh, aside from this like breathtaking progress you seem to have made in, in the first year, like how was the the working at, at media molecule like did you feel more of a sense of of ownership because it was like you were you were there at the beginning as opposed to being hired from another company uh i definitely felt like we were building something together um i had actually felt that at criterion also because we were building a games team there like that was that were even though there had been a games team there for a while, like I think each there were a lot of it did like it definitely didn't feel like I'd come into something that just that wasn't still us building an identity and building games. I feel I read a um, I heard a quote from Neil Gaiman where he said that basically someone was asking him a question about like if you ever learn how to write books, and he said something like. Um, you never really learn how to write books, but you learn how to write that book. I feel, okay, okay. I feel like that's really the same with games. Like you, 
I don't, you know, you don't really learn how to make games so that every time you make it, every time you make one, you're like, this is a process and this is what we're going to do. And you really do learn to make that one. And so I don't think it, it's never felt to me that any game that I worked on wasn't something new in, in a way um, and something vital. Um, but at MM, the difference was that it was, it was sort of doing it, building it with some friends, building a, um, a like something completely new um but there being enough foundations for that not to be totally scary so like having the physics dave's physics demo and you know the brilliance of uh the rest of the team and we had the structure in place too like with sony so sony we had really two really good um sony producers that worked with us pete and leo um and when and did the, the the online aspect of it come in? The fact that you know everything could be because that was that was kind of pre ubiquitous kind of online play. Yeah, really. that was that was right at the beginning. That was all there. It was that we'd use you'd be all on like be online and you'd share content. Yeah, because I mean at that point, so that's two thousand and six. So that's like MySpace, um, Flickr was like super cutting edge <laughs> like, yeah i think I, I don't even think youtube had started then or maybe it started uh, in 2006 yeah there was a lot of things like starting out around them like youtube facebook uh, it was pre-mobile phone revolution yeah um and so you know things like there's still like mini discs and stuff like that so it was it was a time when there was a bit more of a and Et- i think etsy i remember us looking at etsy around sometime around there where we were looking at its used to have this really cool search feature where you'd search by color and it was really nice um uh but yeah so around that time there was there it was sort of the point where people were starting to use the web and um online in different in new ways because at that point on you know when we were doing burnout online it was all very much sort of based around the idea of like online multiplayer yeah then when i left they had just started paradise burnout paradise and burnout paradise was doing a lot more interesting stuff with like news like feeds and stuff like that yeah so it was definitely that point where that where you know people who were looking at what was going on in the web and what this sort of idea of um sharing more of our own sort of experiences with each other it was it was like a really interesting time for that and that was very early on so when we showed um the when we when we presented at gdc we sort of showed like the, our vision for that which was sort of the idea of like all the leaderboards and people publishing online but that had always been part of the pitch was it not like i feel like that would have been not scary necessarily but you know you're putting an awful lot of, of trust in the audience and obviously like now i mean god the stuff people make in little big planet is insane but at the time like were, were you conscious of that did you just did you think no people are going to make cool things or, or did it just not matter as long as people made things um so it was probably it was one of the most common questions we were asked was will people make anything and like just we by had- like other like people like Sony or whoever, yeah, just people. Press, people. Yeah, basically, you know, people. And it was a good question because there wasn't really anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, at that time. And, um, uh, you know, Mark grew up playing and make like, grew up with the Commodore 64 and he would be making 
uh, he was make like his sort of hobby of making games as a kid is what kind of got him into the industry and blah blah blah. Yeah. So he always just, he uh, he really always had faith that this would happen, and it was always really good for him to just sort of have this real kind of grounding faith that people would want to make games at home because that's sort of what he had done, and like lots of other people within the studio had done, and that was really good. And I remember that with you know Commodore sixty four, like that was a real it was amazing to be able to put something of your own up on a screen yeah absolutely. Uh, yeah because that was also like around in, in my um childhood and so do you remember like i mean i suppose there wouldn't have been a specific like first level that somebody made like would you all have been sat around like okay oh someone's made something yeah well t- when we did our beta trial so the beta trial for little big planet one we basically sat i want to forget like sitting in our meeting room and the beta had gone live and we knew it would probably take about roughly half an hour or so for people to be able to get through the begin through the period before the um or the community opened and they started to get tools and we just sort of waited and we just kind of waited until the the first sort of levels popped up and it was amazing because you just see this sort of suddenly like a new badge and a new badge and a new badge and you know even though the creations in there were sort of they were really early things they were just like they don't know how important they were for us um because they basically validated yeah <laughs> dated everything and um we were really it sort of made us feel like okay cool like people will like you know people will create things um but to be honest i don't think any of us knew to the extent that they would and that it would end up being like the things that people created we just we had a television set up with the game running on it and we put it on when we got to work every day we just watch what people were doing and look at the top levels and it was just amazing and that we hired like a whole bunch of people for the studio from the community um and it was like it was incredible to just actually see this idea like uh, i'll never forget we went to alex and mark and i went to press training before gdc i think sony were a little bit like you know bit, bit worried about what we might say to people or, you know, <laughs> we were a little unpolished and um uh the guy who was running the press training scott chisholm he was amazing he was really really amazing and he basically we were trying to describe it to him and he was sort of trying to help us find the right way to to um, to describe it. And at one point, he'd kind of just stopped and said, "You know what? Like, this is just completely off its head. Like, it is completely off its head, and it is like uh, just an experiment. You know, it, you think you've really just got to embrace that this is an experiment." And it was so liberating for him to, to him to hear it. He was like, and he was so positive and excited. He was like, this is so exciting because you don't exactly know what's going to happen, but you believe that people will create stuff. And so it is an amazing experiment and it's amazing that Sony will do that with you. And it was really good because that sort of helped us sort of, instead of coming up with some kind of line. Yeah. It was exactly what it was. It was like, we didn't really know. We believed that they would, but it was an experiment and it was one that, one that paid off and do you like was there a, a specific sort of level or a thing that somebody made that completely like blindside i mean i'm sure there's been lots but was there one yeah. in particular that sort of stands out it's like oh my god i can't believe what, what is this how have they done I that think, you know things like the calculator and the piano oh, you know like they immediately immediately spring to mind um there's you know also things like um little like a little little big dead space which was like really really effective 
um, and actually really spooky. And I was like, oh my god, like how did they, how did they do that? Um, and you love yeah, horror games; they found their way to your exactly. heart. Clearly, they really did. <laughs> they really did. I'm so predictable, but um, yeah. So, and I mean, then there would just be people just using it to do really silly things, or people coming together to make, you know, um, projects together. The wedding, marriage proposals that would happen, like you know, just every day there was something, something new. And, and like because it's weird like because of the the nature of of little big planet like and all the different things you just described it can kind of be anything so i imagine working on that you kind of does it kind of burn you out for other games like would you still play casually or were you still like oh no i'm not like this is already almost too much of, of games for me to take in do you mean just like just like casually like at home like would you still play games like would you still seek out other games or was this just enough because there's just because there is so much potential within the game itself that you're going to be working on all the time uh no i mean it definitely i definitely um uh wanted to play other things like but i but it was always a source of of inspiration. Like, um, I mean, the thing with LBP like was that when it launched, it was it it really took a lot of our energy to actually like, um, uh, main, like to look after it because it was a yeah. proper service. And you know, I think one of the things is is that when you don't know something is hard you just kind of leap off the cliff and your wings grow and it's all exciting and amazing. And then you realize, oh, my God, I've got to, like, fly to Hawaii. Crap. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's really, you know, we were learning lots of different things, community management. We were learning, like, basically how to keep the lights on with the servers every day and what needed to happen. And, you know, so people had to work really hard and lots of hours. Um so yeah, the first few, well, the first, you know, well, actually, quite a long time after releasing, it was very much like I wasn't playing anything other than LBP and and at the studio, kind of keeping an eye on, we were sort of working out, working on whatever we needed to do. Um, but I felt, I think, when we finished that, um, from it was, uh, I, I've, I've always kind of found that I want to play something kind of really different to what we've just shipped and actually it's probably also just because i like horror but dead space had just come out at that time and um what's the the quantic dreams um game um what's the da, 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 da. Well, let me just have a look you remember the you know, quantic alan wake no alan wake. oh i played that too uh hang on yeah sorry i've just got to heavy rain Heavy rain. Oh, okay. okay, no, no, that wasn't then. That was later. Okay, so Fahrenheit yeah. Fahrenheit was the earlier one. Yeah, that was great too. I loved that. Um, but I was playing Dead Space um, when we finished um, LBP1, and I just loved that. Like, it was kind of nice to just play something completely different um, because we've been in, like, cute world for so long. It was, it was really nice to... surprising as well, Dead Space. It kind of... Uh, I'm sure there was some article that came out this week that said it was... It, it was born from the remnants of like a, a ditched Resident Evil Seven or something or six, oh, really? maybe. and it kind of got got tossed aside, and then they kind of built this new thing around it, which is why it's you know it's very similar to no, I, I guess Resident yeah. Evil Five it would have been because four was when they kind of shifted it to the action. Yeah. I may be wrong about that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm mm -hmm. sure I read something about that, but yeah, it was it was such a surprise because it was like 
you know an unknown quantity and it was it was brilliant with such production values as well it really was like and the sound was absolutely amazing and do you like what about all the the kind of amnesia like just the the genuine horror games do you have you played all through them as well yeah 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 um i really liked soma game that was from last year or the year before i don't know when all the all the years have become blurring into one yeah. uh i haven't actually um played new res evil i'm waiting to get back from australia basically and sort of dedicate some time to that um but there's sort of been a little bit of a i'm like i'm also primarily a console gamer yeah so um i'm always really happy when they appear on my console um and yeah no i'm always happy to try try any any horror out is there any like i, I suppose this i i'm, I'm a, like i'm assuming i already know the answer to this but is that like a lot of people i speak to who work for for studios and stuff they there tends to be you know there, there's office games there are there are things that emerge from playing in the office actually i just a few days ago i spoke to um uh phil and ali who made overcooked oh, okay. um and they they were talking about how overcooked was basically born from them on their lunch hours like one in more local multiplayer games so they decided yeah. to go off and make one but yeah. I'm, I'm guessing because of media molecule and because of little big planet there wouldn't have been as much kind of studio gaming outside of little big planet uh, maybe there wasn't i don't know no we don't tend to we we don't tend to have a lot going on we have like lots of people playing pin, ping pong um physical games uh but I think, like, generally there'll be a sweep of, like, you know, um, uh, people playing kind of what's what's current. I think nowadays there's so many different ways to play games and people are either playing stuff on their phone or they're playing stuff at home. And when I look, like, of Overwatch, like, loads of people are playing Overwatch, that's probably, like, the, the probably one of the most played games in the studio right now. Um, Rocket League, there's actually a sort of group of people who play Rocket League at lunchtime every day um and everyone sort of gets quite excited by that and then like obviously when vr first was out like everyone was looking at that every day and now lots of people have them but as part of sony we get like the perks one of the perks we get is um we get the sort of free first party games each month so yesterday oh it's awesome yesterday we were given horizon and so everybody's playing horizon at the moment because it's like that's one thing everyone's been excited for and neo um that's another one that people got and we also got gravity uh, rush 2 so it's, it's, it tends to be like when we get the new games of the month and everyone will try stuff out but sort of seeing what people are doing cooperatively at the moment it seems a lot of uh and of um uh overwatch and uh, rocket league and then lots of people use their lunch hours to play like civ or world of warcraft or you know whatever multiplayer game whatever mmo they're working but you're not really into any of those uh well actually i really I really want to um, play Civilization. Um, that's yeah. I just, I need to. I've I've got it. I'm ready to go. Uh, I might try and play it on the plane tomorrow. But yeah, that's. Uh, I've kind of, like. This is the thing about opening the door. Like every now and then, I realize like there's this genre that I haven't tried, and strategy games is one of those. And I sort of have always felt that it would just take loads of time and. Um, 
I like I work a lot. My job yeah. means that I have don't have a lot of time, um, and usually that means that by the time I do have time, I kind of need to like tune out with reading or you know speak to my family or or watch something or cook something or walk my dog or see my boyfriend or something like that. So uh, I've always felt like there's a big time commitment I need to give to um, strategy, but I really want to dive in that. I do. I've mentioned this on the show before. Like whenever I have, if I hit a deadline and I've got maybe a day or two where I can kind of relax, I'm yeah. for some reason I'm always drawn to Civilization, even though I've played it. And it's always like it's not even the latest one. It's always four, and I'll just sit right. and I'll spend a day doing it. And it's it's something quite just so comforting about it, about the reliability of it. Um, actually, I should ask you that. Actually, this is another thing I try and ask everybody. Like, is there a game? or a genre maybe that that you kind of that that you would use as a as a comfort blanket as as a way to unwind or de-stress or like is it something you're specifically drawn to or do you find that outside of games yeah um i really love bioware games for that they like, like mass effects and dragon ages and stuff uh yeah i just love their games and I find Dragon Age, the when I played the uh, most recent one last year, just like, you know, so comforting, like having a really, really busy day and um, just coming back and like ticking through my farming and moving it's up. It's weird though that, like I always find it weird how those kind of games, like and I, I, I do that, I feel the same way about those kind of games. It is, they're, they're essentially just more work but there is something quite comforting about how reliably they are work. Yeah. You tick off all the things on your, your quest list. It's okay, cool. I've done that. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's just, it's really satisfying. It's really satisfying. Cause I'm like, okay, I've finished this thing. And I think particularly when you're in um, a stage where you're not finishing a game, I kind of like finishing things. <laughs> so it's a really like, it's a really, uh, yeah, I've always really enjoyed that. I'm playing um, the flame in the flood at the moment um, i don't know that so that's just released on psn but it's been on steam for a while flame of the flood flame in the flood um and it is really good it's it's kind of it's a survival game and um sort of angled iso- isometric maybe there's a more technical term for that but it's um it's just really you're basically just on a raft and have you ever seen that movie oh yes i've seen the video for this it looks beautiful uh, it's gorgeous and it's um it's have you seen the movie the beasts of the southern wild i haven't no actually no no i have seen that i have seen that the people kind of living on an island or like on their own their own community just outside of america yeah it's kind of like that sort of setting so it's sort of oh cool like really amazing soundtrack really just it's just like and it's just so well designed and it's you know can't get it's it's just great i've discovered it on the weekend and i'm going to play it a bit today um but uh, but that's just got that really amazing combination of brilliant mood brilliant visuals really clear design that actually is also just like a, a good really good game just yeah so it's so and i can i feel like when i'm relaxing to a game it's sort of like you just need to be able to get into a zone yeah absolutely it's one of the best things that you can do yeah yeah it'd be really good if like 
we could classify games a bit more by what zone you need to be in to play them. That'd be brilliant. (laughs) Because I think that was like my problem with Hitman was, and I feel bad even mentioning it as a rage quit because I know it's amazing and brilliant and fantastic and the team would have worked really, really hard on it. But like, I just, I didn't know what zone I needed to be in. You need like a zone warning, like, they could do like they could do you know like you, you have the 15 18 the instant on those little stickers they have a body position so how far you're lean, leaning forward you or leaning back relax. are you like ready for a challenge yeah do that'd be great zoned out challenge i don't know what they'd be no that's good that's good so are you like are games as as exciting for you now as, as they they have been like, oh, yeah. are, are you still as like, excited yeah yeah totally like more exciting i think it's just, it's, a, it's an amazing, amazing, amazing industry. Um, it just gets better every year. And it's just like, I, I'm such an advocate for the games industry and for what games can achieve because it just feels just like, it's kind of almost cliche to say they're at the tip of the iceberg. I feel like it's, it's clear, should be clear to us all how important a medium it is. And, you know, we've just got such great opportunities in front of us to be able to make interesting projects. And like the most exciting thing for me is thinking about young kids kind of growing up with the ability to make games at their fingertips. And that means that we will just, it'll become a very, it'll evolve as a medium so much with like in the same way that the moment like we could have guitars at home and jam and people would be able to make their own little bands. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's like, it's just, yeah, so I I feel um I feel really excited about it. and that's even before we get excited about new hardware and new everything, you know, it's even if we just had the hardware we have today and that was it and we were to just use it and make, you know, it would be amazing. But the fact is we don't and it will keep evolving and we'll keep getting brilliant things and new things and overlapping things and things will happen like when mobile when mobile phone gaming happened and everyone freaked out and was like oh my god it's the end and it's terrible it was like no it's amazing and we all learned so yeah. much like completely completely breathed uh, fresh air into the console world like, no it's, it's so exciting amazing. yeah and that whole thing about the, the the like i'm very fond of the the making games like being in a band analogy but i'd like just literally like a few days ago i released uh, the latest episode of the show it's like uh, i did a special episode where i spoke to just a whole bunch of people who were kind of just starting out in games that just decided i'm gonna make a game and they, they decided to sort of give it a try and it's just amazing the kind of the breadth of different kinds of people doing it and why they're doing it and how they're doing it and like how for some people it can just be you know the the equivalent of having a guitar at home and just jamming on that or getting together with your friends and playing in a garage or something and that can sometimes just be enough you know it's just the experience of making something brand new it's very exciting yeah it's awesome well i think that's a lovely optimistic place to end it siobhan our skype tends to get a bit shirty after about an hour and 10 minutes so it's oh really it does yeah it gets a bit uh flaky like no no not anymore stop it no yeah (laughs) okay cool um well thank you very much and And i really enjoyed it was that was that okay for you is that good yeah yeah it was good it was really good
his dreams.